Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to Hoovering, the podcast about eating. I'm Jessica Fosterkew. I love eating as much as anything else in the world, but also it sometimes brings me conflict, shame and all sorts of other things that are rubbish. It's complicated and I think fascinating. This is a conversation with an interesting soul, not just about food, but about gobbling it up, or if you will, hoovering. This week, I'm talking to a comedian from exotic Blackburn, Tez Ilias. You'll probably know him off Radio 4, always been on TV, on things like Man Like Mo Bean, and he's about to start his next tour. We eat a lot, and it's proper good warming grub too. Meanwhile, we talk about fasting, faith, and some potentially deadly pitfalls of a strictly patriarchal upbringing. And I admit to almost getting myself killed as well during a carelessly carbless time. Also, I remember during this episode my best story to date of something that I've consumed from the floor. Oh my fucking god. Um, and then I guess it's... Oh, Tez. Mm-hmm. Oh, the smell! This is hilarious. This is too funny. Steamy chips. I can't, I can't. This is impossible not to eat a chip. Do it. Mmm. Do you want mayonnaise or ketchup or anything? Uh, I'm good. I've got, I've got lots of vinegar on there. Oh, that's not offensive. Oh, I love lots of vinegar. Should I pour us some, um... Yes. So, you pour, you bought us... This or a recording? Yeah. Oh, cool. Hello. <laughs> Hello. I think... Right, Tez has come to my house. Hi. Hello. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Um, and this is off the chart. You've bought me fish and chip shop chips. Yes, proper, proper chips. When I went in there, the smell of the chips was overwhelming. Because oh. when I come down south and I go to a chip shop, sometimes I'm a bit ap- apprehensive. Really? But this place, when I walked in, it blasted me with the, with the old school fish and chip shop smell. Nice. And it was very nice. I had to walk past that if it's the one that's at the end of my yeah, road. I obviously have to walk past that numerous times every day. So that's how well prepared I was. Like... I've got I've got the food from the top of your road. <laughs> yes. And he said he said that you got chips because you're from the north, and then yeah. you've got Rubicon tastes mangalicious sparkling mango. Yeah. So Rubicon mango is the greatest soft drink of all time. Well, I've never tried it. Don't so. at me. It just, it just is. <laughs> it's so good. Don't at me. That's what cool people say. Right, full glass? Yeah. Is this going to be really sweet? Yeah. That's a good noise. Yeah. This feels like a I wouldn't recommend it if you're diabetic or on the way to diabetes, okay, which fine. I probably am to be fair, genetically. And what, just because of the sheer amount of yeah. taste, mango-licious? Good, good, goodness in it? Spark it. <clears throat> Do you think there's one of your five a day? Do you think it's ever been near a mango? Mm. Doesn't matter. Oh, is it good? I can't wait. I'm so excited. Right, get it in my mouth. 
Oh my god, that's really nice. It's I thought it was going to be really sickly, and it's actually just lush. It's just lovely, isn't it? That is just snazzy fanta. They do that's that. Tropically... They, do, they do that in can form as well. Ooh, Ooh it's the best. What a dangerous introduction you've made, Des. <laughs> that is so good. And what have you made for me? Right, I've made for you. I hope you don't mind spicy things. I do not at all, that. obviously. So it's um, it's something I make all the time. I've made a very lazy pouch of quinoa and something, whatever carbs, mm. ricey things, brown rice, and then it's um, tomatoes with um, lots of ginger and chili and chickpeas. And then on top is some really, really slow, slow fried onions with cumin and cashews. Mmm. Yeah, chickpeas are like, it's one of my favourite things. Is it? Mmm. I love chickpeas. My mum makes um, pilau rice. You're right. And she often makes diff- puts different things in the pilau rice. So she, sometimes she put peas in it. Mm. Sometimes she put chickpeas in it. And that's all oh. there's a winner. And then sometimes she even puts like little mince in it. Oh, wow. And it's just, oh yeah. My mum, my mum, she doesn't have... A lot of range. Right. But what she does cook is phenomenal. Oh my God. I wonder what your mum's cooking. She's so good. And you bought fish and chips shop chips. This is so, so amazing. I like that you've gone for the healthy option and I basically bought a bottle of sugar and a bag of chips. <laughs> and a bag of fat carbs. Mm. Oh, they're so delicious though. They're so delicious. Oh, they are nice, aren't they? I mean, I'd like to pretend it's been a really long time since I had chips from the end of the road, but I mean, of course it's not. <laughs> Oh, listen to the crunchy ones. Are your favourites the big, chunky, floppy ones or these little spiky bastards? Mm. I, I love the stuff. Yeah, the stuff that's left at the bottom. Mm. And then you like, and you scoop it up. And they oh. were really spiky. And, and they're then full they're of flavour. Yeah. Those ones. Vinegary. Mm. Mm. And you've got a lot, of, yeah, a lot of vinegar on the chips. I'm doing intermittent fasting at the moment. Are you? So when I'm hungry, I'm very hungry. So, um, well, please tuck in and let me talk then. Intermittent fasting for health or faith? Um, health. So right, I do. Right, right. So I fast anyway for uh, right. during Ramadan for mm-hmm. faith. Uh, but the explain moment, that to me like a, the moron that I am. Yeah. So got five pillars in Islam. Right. One is the belief in God. Second is praying. Third is um, Ramadan, which is right. fasting. Fourth one is uh, charity. So once a year, we have to give two and a half percent of what we own right. to charity. Wow! Um, Any charity. Um, I think there's like a, there's like a criteria right, right. Of, of who is eligible mm-hmm. to receive this um, and then the fifth one is the pilgrimage the Hajj to Mecca right. um, and so Ramadan is the third pillar and it is basically you fast during sunlight hours so that's just a bit before sunrise so it's about okay. 12 before sunrise until sunset um, and yeah you go without food and water and you try and kind of... The and kind of, water bit yeah. slays me, Ted. I think that's what most people would struggle with. Right. But when I was young... So, so the Muslim calendar is about 10 days shorter than the solar calendar. Right, right. So in the solar calendar, the Muslim calendar goes back 10 days every year. Okay. So when I was younger, Ramadan was during the winter. Mm-hmm. And I remember back 10 days every year. At the moment, it's in the summer, which is very difficult. Mm-hmm. But when I grew up training, mm-hmm. it was in like February, January, December, November. And it was, it was the, all you're doing is missing lunch. Right. Because two hours before sunrise is like 7 p.m. or 6 p.m. Okay. Sorry, 6, sorry, 6 a.m. Um, and then sunset is at 4 p.m. And did you say you're doing that because the calendar's different or because you're a kid? I'm just because the calendar was different. Right. Yeah, so yeah, 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 do, yeah. Sometimes, depending on... So, and does anyone do it, um, I suppose, maybe, I don't know, does anyone do it, just set a time and go, we'll do eight till eight? Or do you literally have to go on the sun? um, If you're in a country where the sun is ridiculous, for example, Finland, uh, during the summer, (laughs) or or Alaska during the summer, (laughs) then I think you either follow your nearest Muslim country or nearest normal country, country with normal kind of-ish hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think generally, once it goes over like 18 hours plus, Mm -hmm. it's kind of a bit like, hmm... Yeah. And it was just fascinating story though about a guy, like the only Muslim in Finland. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was last year, the year before, the height of like middle of June. So it's like the longest day yeah. uh, that I was. I can't have <laughs> now. I've been to Iceland when it was dark the whole time, apart from a few hours. It might be in Iceland. Or Greenland or something. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. One of the, one of the I don't know, but I just mean, I think dark all the time, it does one thing to your head, but light all, light the, all the time. time yeah. <gasps> I yeah. don't think I could take it. Sorry, interrupted your story. So, Apparently, the window he had to eat was thirty minutes a day. It was like it was like midnight to half midnight. That was his window, and he did it. And they said to him, "Why didn't you just leave for a month?" And he went, "Because then there'd be no Muslims left in this country." Oh, and just, it killed me. And I was like, "Oh my Whoa. god, what a, what a guy!" That is faith. 
That I know, is that incredible. is fake, isn't it? Because yeah. I'd have been like, yeah, they'll be, they'll be alright for 30 days. <laughs> they can manage with that. Yeah. <laughs> Shame about their diversity for one month. But yeah, I didn't think I could do it. Not half an hour a day. No, I could never. Yeah, was, I mean, I could I probably do it once or twice. I could maybe like do it for two days in a row. Yeah, yeah that's what, you do get used to it though. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't. I'm, I'm agnostic. I'm, a, I'm genuinely much further towards having some kind of faith than I am atheist. I think atheist is just too decided. <laughs> it's too mind made up. That frightens me more than most religions. That having decided is nothing. Oh, yeah. I mean, there, there's a sadness in that, I think. But I don't... Um, I, so, I, so I have never had to eat in a certain way because of a faith, but, um, or not eat in a certain way because of a faith, but I've done five too. And then it worked to the point where I got a little bit obsessed and started doing three or four days fasting. And um, I don't know if you find this, I found there would be times where it made me feel so sharp. Mind you, I never didn't have water. Um, but you do feel sharp though. Sharp and there's, bright, a win- there's a window. Right. Yes, but yeah. Like super sharp. And apparently, and maybe you already know this, but it's from our, as we were evolving, if your body's going into a kind of, superhero panic mode a hunting mode mm, it's it's because, your body yeah. going okay we're going to put all your last resources not your last resources but some of your end days resources into making sure you can find something yes. and kill it and eat it or pick it and eat it yeah because I, th- I don't think we were a bread <laughs> i don't think we were evolved to eat three or four times a day well we just, certainly I just, I just maybe we graze small amounts frequently yes but, but not not, a, not meals like, yeah not feasts like this sadly um, yeah, so I've started doing intermittent fasting, but I'm, I'm, I've, I've started doing 18, uh, sorry, 16, 8, which is Whoa. 16 hours of not eating and 8 hours, that's when you fit your meals in. So I've got you in the 8. Yeah, so you got me in the 8. Yeah, so so it's it's tough, but I find this easier than doing 5-2. Right. The problem is, because with this, during those 8 hours, mm-hmm. I can eat comfortably. Yeah. And I found 5-2 harder than fasting for Ramadan, because even though I could drink water... Can you be asleep for some of your 16 hours? Oh, yeah, 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 because yeah. cause like you stop, for example, you might stop finishing eating at 9pm, right? and then you sleep overnight, yeah. and then you can eat you again at 1pm. You until the afternoon, Yeah, 1pm, right. and then that's for business, you're missing okay, breakfast. Actually, and then you can, eat, you can drink fruit teas, okay. like coffee, and, okay. and obviously water. Yeah. Mm. Oh, but then, then when you do 5-2, you're allowed a torturous little handful of calories, aren't you? Like mm. 400 and that, calories or And that's, calories. I found that harder, because when I'm hungry, and then I can only eat 200 calories, I'm like, no, I can't do that. I'm alright, bit all or nothing. Once a pop, I can't stop. <laughs> I love it. Um, and is there anything else that you? Is there stuff you can't eat because of your faith, or is that? Yeah, yeah. So pork mm-hmm. being the main one, um, and alcohol. Pork and booze. Pork and booze. Um, the old fun time stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, the idea, the idea that it's like, oh, pop out for a what, some, what do those? What do those dirty besters love? Pork and booze. Oh, you can't have that. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. So. The, Alcohol was banned. So alcohol wasn't banned when Muhammad first started his prophethood. Okay. So it was banned during his prophethood because the decree was, although, and there's mainly why they were drinking. Right. Uh, although there are benefits to alcohol, which yeah, science yeah. has shown there are. Right. Wine, for example. Um, the negative, and I guess by negative it meant social impact. Mm-hmm. Negative social impact outweighs the positives. Mm-hmm. So that was the decree on alcohol. And then, yeah, pork is banned like it is for, for the Jews. Um, and then meat is halal so it's kind yeah. of a uh, sacrifice to god right before we eat it fair enough do you think as a result lots of people with your face don't eat as much meat or a bit more that, consi- used, that a bit used to be the case a bit more considered about no really no i think the problem with not the faith but the people in yeah, the faith yeah, yeah. now is that a lot of i think the principle the spirit spirituality of the thing has been lost mm-hmm. for dogma and so people want to like, i understand yeah so people are like well it's halal isn't it and and, and we mm-hmm. we so uh, like speaking on behalf of the for the Pakistani community, at least, uh-huh. we eat so much meat. We eat meat like it's cereal. Like, it's just... And, and I don't think that was ever the intention. I'm so fascinated by it. I'm so fascinated by it. Because I think, um, I think as well, you get that thing where, well, it's within the, like you say, dogma. That's quite, um, I think, a very normal human response to a rule set. Mm. Is that if you're, if you are behaving within a rule set... Because so I, I've gone vegan-ish. It's complicated. But I'm mainly basically vegan. But when I first did it, I stacked a load of weight on because in my head I was like, but I'm abiding to these rules. So within those rules, I was being yeah, yeah, bonkers yeah. with it. Um, and people forget, there are, a lot, there are a lot of fatty foods that are not, yeah. that isn't meat. Well, that also, isn't like meat. It's hardly anything, even their healthiest food, that you can't 
you can't do to an excess that's unhelpful. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. True. Um, also, I think when you're trying to eat less meat, it's really hard to have a high protein diet that's. Um, uh, you end up eating more carbs. Because I found I haven't lost weight as fast as I wanted to doing, in, mm-hmm. doing intermittent fasting, and it's because I eat so many carbs. Because growing up in an Asian household. Where'd you grow up? Blackburn, Lancashire. Cool. Um, so growing up in an Asian household, and this was the same for my cousins and stuff as well, we always had at least chapati or rice. Mm. And then, or, or potatoes. Like chips, yes, please. Uh, or potatoes when we right. had chips and stuff. And then later on in the group, it was pizza and pasta as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I now have a meal without a carb, it feels bizarre. Oh, it's I just don't wrong, feel full. morally wrong. Yeah, I don't feel full. Well, that's one of the reasons why. So this um, like chickpea thing that I made you, um, I, one of the reasons I've... Um, I did it is because, um, or I make it all the time is because it doesn't ne- really need any rice with it. Mm. But you, then you eat more of it. But and it's got the cashews and the chickpeas, so it's kind of a bit of a double double protein hit from that. But these chips are off the hook. Not on I don't want a fully carb free life ever. Once I tried it, like oh god, in the years ago when I used to still occasionally try some fatty diet, but I, I tried no carbs, or I mean it's probably impossible to cut them all out. But like did a no carbs diet, and I got like the rage, like the really awful rage, really? to the point where I was in my car once, and um, to be fair, the guy behind me, I was at some traffic lights in uh, Manor House, Finsbury Park, and. Um, the guy behind me, the, they kept changing after like one car had gone through. It was just a little side road. And uh, so the car in front of me went through and they changed. And the guy behind me bibbed, like basically bibbing me for not going through a red light. And I got, I got out of my car to wow. start shouting abuse at him. And was like, and then when I got back in my car and that, you know that when you ra- get raged like that and you're, you're all of you shaking and you're just getting to the point, I don't know if you get this, you just get to the point where you're like, oh, I think I'm ready for a cry now. <laughs> God. And I was like, what a dangerous thing to have done. Because you don't and know what, I you know, know who's that guy. It's yeah. a car full of massive blokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was I thinking? Like, luckily, they all laughed in my face. Smart. But I didn't feel lucky at the time. I felt ridiculous, humiliated. But I thought, and I, as I was driving away, I was like, I'm never, never giving up carbs completely again. God. <laughs> I genuinely made me nuts. I think um, I think everybody has different reactions to blood sugar, don't they? Mm. And there's a lot of sugars and that type of sugar that's in carbs. I think road rage is a very some. common thing though. Like I get road rage. I got it yesterday. When, Did you? I tell you when I get it. I get it on the motorway for several reasons. Right. One is when you're driving along and then there's going to be a lane closure mm-hmm. ahead and it's like they've signaled it like it's like two miles away or one mile away. Yeah. And everyone just automatically just goes into the lanes. Oh. And this lane is still open for another mile and a half. Yes. So I'm like, well, I'm going to stay in this lane till the end mm-hmm. and then go in. But then there'll be some lorry, and there's usually a lorry that'll hover two lanes to stop people going past. And it's like, there's a fucking mile to go. <laughs> what, you're, what you're doing is you're making this queue longer. I read that article on the BBC a few years ago that mm. actually the people who do that, who, who go right to the end and then shove in, that's actually better for the entire queue. My recent thing has been motorbikes. I just feel like there's suicide people. And that whoever kills them is going to have to live with their death as well. Oh. I so one thing with my son that I will disown him if he starts trying to run. <laughs> he can do whatever he likes. He can be whoever he likes, apart from a murderer or a motorcyclist or a murdering motorcyclist. Oh, if That's he best. does both, then let's do, just say I'm glad he hasn't got my last name. But do two negatives not equal a positive? I'm not a chemist, so... So, mathematically, yeah. <laughs> you multiply two negatives as a positive? No. So, Maybe. So you had to be a, can't be a murderer or a motorcyclist, but if you did both, that's, that's cool, isn't it? <laughs> um, you said briefly earlier, so you grew up in Blackburn, and you mm. said earlier that your mum cooks a, a certain repertoire of things impeccably. Yes. Um, so, did she do the cooking in your house when you were growing up? Yeah, so very, very um, old-school patriarchal household where right. um, the women did the work mm-hmm. and the men housework yes yeah, yeah sorry um, and the men had no motivation to do the housework because they got done for them and <laughs> so I always have this joke now when my, my girlfriend was has a go at me for being lazy I'm like baby the thing is I'm just a victim of the patriarchy <laughs> I just didn't grow up doing this stuff and so now it's really hard for me to do it because no one ever showed me yeah and now it's like I can't teach an old dog new tricks baby you can, Tess. <laughs> Top tip. Yeah, that's what she said. Um, yeah. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> I don't know if you've met many dog owners, but 
if they don't get the old dog to do what they want, often says they'll just get a new dog. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> there were probably, I don't know, you're probably younger than me as well, but I feel like our generation, roughly, are the first ones where boys, there were any boys that grew up with men and dads doing yeah. a, a share of yeah. stuff in the house. I mean, my generation never. Really? At least, like, I'm speaking for mm-hmm. people in Blackburn. Um, I remember my cousin telling me once that he changed his, uh, his daughter's nappy in front of his dad. Right. In front of his dad. <gasps> yeah, yeah, yeah. And his dad was like, what the fuck are you doing? <gasps> and your cousin was like, being, being your dad? Just, just you know, she's in the nappy. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Well, you're the generation bringing the change. Yeah. And it's mad because this is the thing about, again, going back to like religion and dogma and culture. Mm. There's, there's a lot of stories about the Prophet Muhammad doing housework right. and, and mending his own clothes with needle and thread yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and all of those things. And it's like, it's like all of that stuff has been like, it's not convenient for the patriarchy. <laughs> it's like we don't talk about, we don't talk about animal welfare and mm-hmm. how the Prophet said you must treat animals and mm-hmm. also it's like, well, the meat is halal and it was, it, was, it was killed in a certain way, so it's halal. It's like, yeah, but what about the welfare of the animal? All of that mm-hmm. stuff is, and, and environmental stuff. Yeah. We're so big on all that stuff. But it's just not convenient for our narrative at the moment, the way we want to live our lives. Yeah. And it doesn't fit into what our culture was about coming from a Pakistani background. Right. And the patriarchy and stuff. And um, so, yes, it's, it's, it's interesting how re- then you colour religion yeah. in with your culture. Yeah. Like, well, that's how it was. And then, because you're only taught about religion is what your parents and your elders teach you. And sure. then you go away and read it and like, but the Prophet Muhammad did housework. Mm. Poor, yeah, yeah. Mind yeah. blown. God, that's fascinating. I had no idea. I feel like I've now that I've learnt that from you today, I don't really need to read anything for the rest of this week. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm sated like the most incredible nut of information. But we always pick and choose and our whole lives are um it's all a lot of confirmation bias, isn't it? Yeah. And there's been so many centuries of patriarchy that Yeah, everything gets sewn around. And eventually it. that becomes your truth. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And your and and the, yeah, your t- truth and your fact that you will defend as if it's mm. solid. Um, so growing up, did you? So you weren't ever shown any cooking. No, I mean I learned how to use a microwave. Nice. So okay. I'll, so I'll say that my boyfriend uh, doesn't. He says he can't cook, but he can heat food up. Yeah, I'm so similar. You're in a similar boat. I'm, I'm similar. And, and still then, now. And you know, I did biochemistry, so I can follow a recipe. Mm-hmm. You know, I can I can measure things out and put them in and. Yeah, and or overcook them slightly. Do you so take joy in it stuff. though? Because you obviously love food, but do you, do you take joy in cooking even now? You know what? The process of cooking, you actually do quite like it. Yeah, but it's the before and after. <laughs> oh, washing up and looking at recipes. Yeah, and, like, washing up and, and, the the and the stress of like, I've got, to, I've got to do this thing. I've got to do this oh, task. Oh, really? Yeah, but once I'm in it, I quite like it. So you put a bit of pressure on yourself with it. No, you overthink cook? something. It's like I guess before a gig, you overthink it. Like yeah. you got a high pressure gig, but I do that every time I'm cooking. Really, which, which, is, which is not often. Let's <laughs> just stress that first of all. It's let's not, not often. Let's not start pretending that you're yeah. constantly throwing dinner parties. Yeah, every, yeah, yeah. Every night you're not gigging, six people round tezzers mm. for some fine dining. Mm-hmm. Have you got a signature dish that you do? Um, Even if it's like nuggets. I think I. I I stole a recipe off a girlfriend from university uh-huh. and it's, a, it's just a pasta. Th- it's just mm-hmm. Heat up some pastas separately and then the sauce thing. So some onions, garlic mm-hmm. um, uh, and, and just the sauce thing is with a little bit of corn mince. Oh, nice. Because uh, I never I never cook meat at university just right. because it's, that seemed quite, seemed like quite a scary step. It's, so like, if, I stop, if I stop cooking meat, then there's no going back. So basically, I might... You might end up being a chef, and that's not yeah, what you want. It's not what I want. It's funny, isn't it? Were you scared of Were you scared of poisoning with meat? Do you think? Probably, and I think also there's the hassle of it and and storing mm. it and all that stuff as well. Because my thing is, I'll, funny. Cause I funny because I I'll go to I go to, I'll, I'll go for a big shop with the best of intentions, mm-hmm. um, and I come up with all this stuff, and then I cook once, right? And then, and two, then it weeks, just goes two weeks off. later, everything's gone off. Oh no! And with meat, I was more conscious of it with meat. Then I would right. be with some vegetable goes off. It's not ideal. Mm-hmm. But if some meat went off, yeah. I'd be like a bit. It's not ideal, is it? No, something died for that. Yeah, it's really heartbreaking. Mm. Don't eat meat anymore. But when my boyfriend does. He doesn't do it very often, and actually, he'd eat stuff well out of date just to avoid the waste. But to the point where I think 
we've spawned and need you to live a long time and not <laughs> eat that furry bloody sausage. But, um, yeah, he let some turkey steaks go off the other day. I was fuming, Tez. Yeah. Five second rule, yes or no? Yeah, obviously. Well, it depends what it is. Oh, really? Obviously not liquid. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Once I... Mikey never let me live it down. But um, we had some really posh port. I'm not defending this. But we had some really posh port. What's the difference between port and wine? Explain to me. Port's um, stronger, sweeter. I think it's... The fortified, is that the word? It's fortified wine. I have no idea what that means. Which means it's... I don't know. It sounds like strengthened. So maybe that's yeah. what it means. Okay. But it's much sweeter, denser, and you wouldn't have it in the same quantity. You'd have like right. a tiny... Okay. Is it like drinking bit. Vimto without putting the water in? Do you know what? It's There's a cocktail called a Cheeky Vimto, which is port and blue wicked. And it looks like Coca-Cola and it tastes like... It tastes like Vimto. Oh, wow. It tastes exactly like Vimto. Um, but it's really like I don't know what the chemistry is, but it sort of gets people too drunk. Okay. It's that combination of I've maybe it's heard so of it from much like sugar. TV and film, but. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, we had this gift of this really posh port, and it was like the last we'd eat it out over like a year, and it was the last glass of it, and I knocked it over on the floor, and I, I got on my knees and sucked it out of the carpet. Wow. Yeah, and it's not a, it's not it's a second hand carpet. Oh, that's grim. That's grim, isn't it? So no to that. It's <laughs> like, like if we, like if if I drop some of this mango, this this mango ruby cone on the floor, like I'm not, I'm just like it's gone. <laughs> I didn't. It's a Brexit on that. Um... <laughs> I. I'm just like, I'm, I'm tickled because I've shocked myself by my own disgusting oh, lack of boundary. Wow. That's a horrible thing that I've done. I wouldn't do it now. If I spilt my drink now, like, if I spilt this delicious, mangalicious, sparkling mango, <laughs> I would not try and... But it is possible. I used to have this game when I... So my cousins and me, I was an only kid until my teens, only child until my teens, and my cousins and me would have... Um, Lots of the school holidays all together were at my nana's while our parents worked or went on holidays sometimes. Normally worked. Yeah. And we would get very bored, but it made us very creative with our games. And I would, they were never as up for it as me, but I'd quite often get my cousins to play cats with me where we'd have to like walk around on all fours. And one of the best bits of the game was pouring a bit of milk in a bowl and trying to drink it like a cat would. And actually, have you ever tried licking up liquid? Hard. It's virtually impossible. Yeah. Have you had a go at it? Uh, not like on the floor, but like, you know, just like on a cup like that. Just yeah. trying to do that. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's you basically impossible. have to. <laughs> you yes, have impossible. to like try and I do it with my tongue like dogs do. Yeah. And I was like, that, you can't do it. You can't do it. We haven't got, they must have different tongues. Longer, flatter tongues with scoops in. Yeah. I wouldn't have the patience. It made me realise, apart from an elephant, who's basically got a massive straw off the front of his face. Or her face. <laughs> the most ridiculous feminist correction I've ever made. Um, they're all the patience of animals astounds me. What a what, poor, what poor are, thirsty animal. What else have they got on? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the schedules are like. But I guess it's like that's what we were before we brought culture into our lives. Yeah. It was just about Yeah, surviving. Yeah, it was about Hunting, gathering, eating. Yeah. And sex. Yeah, basically. Um, and we've really held on to those last two. <laughs> yeah. In terms of however much we evolve, those two things, <laughs> they stay pretty high up the list, don't they? Priorities. There's <laughs> mine. But you'd eat, like, if you were having a... If you're having a sweet that you're enjoying and you dropped it, would you pick it back up? Um, it it depends. It depends where. Like, like, yeah. If it was like a sticky carpet and there's a lollipop, then I'd probably just have to let it go. Oh, fair enough. But I did drop some chips today. Yeah. Fries, and I took all the ones at the top and the ones at the bottom. I just disposed of. Fair enough. 
I think when I was younger, I probably would have been more uh, receptive to that. Do you think we've got um, a sort of um, bit more mindful of food cleanliness? Yeah, but also kind of just kind of more like kind of let it go kind of attitude. Mm. Whereas like mm. when I was younger, I was like, I cannot let a single chip go to it because who knows the next time I'll have a chip. Yeah. Whereas now I'm like, I just get some tomorrow if I want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can probably afford another bag later if I want. Yeah. Whereas when I was younger, when I was younger, like you know, having chips was a really treat. Yeah, was it wasn't it? even. I said weekly. It wasn't really weekly. It was like more monthly. That the whole family had them. Mm. And I remember the first time my mum bought mushy peas home. Game changer. Oh, I'm so glad you liked them. I thought you were gonna say uh, not. Absolute game changer. Oh please. So good. Where I grew up in the countryside, by the sea though, we would have pea fritters. You don't see them that much. I don't know what that is. It's basically mushy peas in a ball, fried. Oh wow. Amazing. Oh, okay. Um so but when you were a kid, did you have um did you so you had quite a culturally uh, mixed up eating times if you were having did you say pasta and stuff? So that was a bit later. Right, so right, right. so growing up it was always um either rice or uh, either rice and curry or yeah. um chapati and curry yeah. maybe every day and sometimes there'd be a kebab or a smosa thrown in. What? Um and then, I guess as I got older, you know, a bit of takeaway, fish yeah. and chips initially, then pizzas crept in. Right, right, right. And then a bit of pasta uh, that my mum cooked. And then and then when it was older, it was just, yeah, eat, eat outside and eat out and stuff and just eat what you like and stuff. So I, I guess my culinary culinary adventures didn't really start till I got to university. And then it was Fair like, enough. oh, we're going for Italian. And I'm like, what does it mean? It's interesting though, because if you were as a baby, given stuff that was, you know, beautifully spiced and full of flavour. Whereas someone who's brought up on, like, English stuff is then, the I think, that the move to <laughs> spicier food is more dramatic. Yeah, I can imagine. Whereas the other way, perhaps a bit less terrifying. Yeah, but it, 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 I, I tell you, <laughs> Asian people generally have no respect for... Old staple English foods. It's not just Asian people, Tess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the French and now Everywhere. English people. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, no. I mean, I think because even my, when my sister cooks a lasagna, or when my sister cooks a shepherd pie, yeah, and the, the mince will be spiced. Mm-hmm. So like she prepares the meat before it goes yeah. in. Yeah. Fair enough. And then it's lovely. Mm. God, I'm going to try that. That's a great idea. Just prepare the mince like it was going in a curry. Yeah. And then put it in a shepherd's pie. Or lasagna or whatever. Good shout. And you can do it with lentils. Yeah. Or, which are or even more like... Corn mince. Mm-hmm. Which you know what? It's not vegan here, corn. Is it not? They do some vegan products. In fact, they've just brought out like these amazing burgers that are vegan. Um, really nice. So I went pescatarian for 18 months. Oh, did you? And that was... I enjoyed it. I was. I generally felt healthier. I was a bit right. leaner, right. just naturally. Um, but just, I mean, overall, stopped because discipline and none mm-hmm. of my friends were, and so it was you know, difficult. But um, right. but it was good. And and yeah, corn corn was a savior. Mm-hmm. I really like corn. I think it's. I think they it's, do I think some it's great nice. things. Mm. I don't know why, but they use egg white in them here. But in the states, corn's vegan. Oh. Yeah, it must be to do with. Um, I think it's to do with what you are or aren't allowed to put in things in different countries, to be honest. Yeah, they probably have a lot America, of other probably crap put, in, there, what yeah. put in there. Corn syrup, probably. Yeah, whereas here they're probably not allowed to put loads of agents and whatnot in. But maybe mm. post-Brexit, our stuff will be more full of... God. The horror. The horror. It's going to be mad, because post-Brexit, our food industry is going to change because there'll be less regulation. It's going to be terrifying. It's going to increase cancer. Yeah. Which is going to increase the strain in the NHS, mm-hmm. for which we won't have the staff. Oh, God, that's what an awful chain of stuff. I hadn't even thought about that. But you know who wins? Private medicine. Yeah. And whose friends they are? The government. Yeah. God. It's mad, isn't it? Like, I want to make money. I'd like like to have more money than I have. Yeah. Um, You know, I'd I'd love to live a baller's life. Yeah. (laughs) You just said that in such an area type way, no. I would love to live a baller's life. I would, but, <laughs> but I don't think I could. I think I could. Sh- I think I could genuinely shit on other people to get there. Yeah, like yeah, you kind of step on other people's toes a little bit and stuff, and you hustle for your thing, and you you might be doing something, someone else can't do it. Fine, but 
I to think genuinely it's... shit on other people yeah. to get there. It's, it's, just, it's, it's that mindset astonishes me. Yeah, dog eat dog, mm. and that's the end of it. Mm. The, the, when you take all empathy out of your economics, you're in yeah. trouble. That, that's um, capitalism isn't it? Or, or unchecked capitalism. Yeah. Say scrum diddly umptious. And then you can be in my podcast. Yeah. Has food ever met have you ever had like a massive memory? Got a massive recall of something off food? Um or have you ever had something called cornflake tart? No. What you can't really get it down south. Cornflake tart? Yeah, so it's something that I used to get at school. So it's a school pudding initially up north. Wow. So it was a it was a tart, but it was like jam and syrup but cornflakes on top um, and then they put hot custard on and genuinely it is the best school dessert you can have wow do they mash do they crunch the cornflakes no. up a bit no they're no, whole no, cornflakes yeah 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 oh, what um, and um, do you like jam roly poly yeah like that but yeah but with cornflakes with cornflakes yeah. and then custard yeah and it's just and they started doing it they started reintroducing it in dessert parlours up north <gasps> So and my sister does it as well. Oh, and when I, wow. I remember the first time I had that again, and it would have been after like 20, 20 plus years. So we're doing like twenty three years yeah, yeah, yeah. since the last time I had it, and that was just the floods of memories that came up. Really? Because I only had it I had it primary school. I don't think I had it since primary school. I had primary school when I was eleven, so maybe like ten might be the last time I had it. So it's about twenty years. Yeah, that was the gap. God, I feel emotional it. just hearing about and that it. Was... I've genuinely never heard of it. Did you feel emotional eating it? Yeah. 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 Oh, wow. I love it when things make a comeback that you, you might have even forgotten ever existed. Mm. But people down south don't know it. I've never heard it, but people. then also whenever anyone from down south like me goes above the Midlands and, and the further north you get it seems, the more like fascinating even the contents of a Greg's is. <laughs> like but you get to Edinburgh and you're like, what is half of this stuff? Mm. But it's just standard stuff that we've we never had macaroni cheese and a pie. Yeah. I mean, I never did as well, but cheese is a thing that Asians don't really have. Really? Yeah, it's not really not really big on cheese. Like, like there's paneer is an Indian cheese. Yeah. But we never really had that growing up. Did you? Um, and then I guess halloumi is like a Mediterranean cheese. Right. We never yeah. really had that growing up either. So the only kind of cheese we had was like cheddar cheese or like slices that you put on a kebab or something. Yeah. Like we never really had. Um, I mean, like I learned about cheese che- for che- flavor, yeah. just yeah. occasionally yeah, for texture yeah, and protein, yeah, yeah. or like as a dessert. Yeah. Mama, oh really? Yeah, yeah. We never, we never what had like, you have we never bought like dessert. Oh, like, like we never had blocks of cheese, cheese and, stuff. and biscuits. Yeah, yeah. We never did that. Stuff. Really? Never. No. No, it makes sense. My mum, I don't think my mum ever brought a block of cheese. Yeah, but you were getting all your like calciums from. Did you have like yogurt? Or milk, milk. Big, 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 big milk drink. Right, right. Um, and and yogurt. And, and yogurt as part of the curries, or to drink, or to um, have in a pot like a pudding with. Yeah, spoon. but yeah, but see, we don't. I, I don't actually. I mean, I say I genuinely don't know if my mum puts yogurt in curries. I, I don't think she does. Right. But it's in raita, uh-huh. which we put on our mm. rice and stuff, and, and the kebabs and stuff. Um, and, yeah, I, I think I think we use oh, yogurt for various things. I love raita. Raita is nice. Um, have you got, like, a guilty pleasure food? I have a massive sweet tooth. Really? Mm. Just something that I'm trying to cut down on. Really? Both for my mouth and my... <laughs> and, my, and, my, and my waistline but uh, I've yeah. got so many friends who have a secret second tummy for puddings yeah I could do that I'd be like yeah I'm full um, shall we do that yeah yeah let's do that yeah let's do that let's have, let's have a look what's your favourite pudding apart from apart from public tart um I am a sucker for a nice milkshake really yeah and, and there's some amazing places in London so Tinseltown. Okay, tell me about is these a places. Place of Oxford Circus. Yeah. And it's basically like an American diner, but it's halal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's full of kids who don't go to bars and yeah. and like, you know, like, like a 17th birthday party. Yeah. It's full of kids like that. Uh, but they do amazing milkshakes. And the milkshakes that I like, because I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't just want a vanilla milkshake or a chocolate milkshake. I want, I want one where you put like the Snickers in here and then there's a, oh. then there's a biscuit and then there's popcorn and then oh. there's, and then there's oh, all this stuff. And then I, I've had this milkshake before where they sprinkled it with that um, popping candy. Oh. And, and, then, and then you can feel the popping candy. Nice. And yeah, it's nice. I think the popcorn bit of it could maybe get fucked. Yeah, but that's a like popping. Love- Okay, 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 fine. Because it's just not quite crunchy enough, I think. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a, it's a to- that'd be a topping. Okay, fine. Okay. 
I'll allow it. <laughs> yeah. I, I think if I want the crunchy element, you've got to you be serious about your crunchiness. Mm. And a popcorn's only a crunchy outer layer, and that's only if it's been glazed with melty sugar, isn't it? No, no. Asking the wrong person. You let um, me eat these chips. I hey, to, I, I have to, had, I had loads. I want to take a picture of the after. <laughs> I need to take a, we have done so much better than I expected. Um, but you know when you start eating, you're like, crunch- oh, I need loads this, more. Is it getting to those crunchy bits now? Yeah. <laughs> yes, the bits that have got, bits at the bottom, so they're like totally saturated in vinegar. I'm having one. Mm. Look at that. It's darker where it's put in vinegar. Mm. Um, so it sounds like you do like, um, you do stuff around eating like this 16-8 thing and stuff like that for fitness and for health or you have trying like to, half a mind trying to, to yeah but have you ever had like a, a a less than perfect relationship with eating like have you ever oh I don't know I feel like most people I think that was quite at some point yeah I think that was quite, quite under, yeah. over eating under eating uh, I don't think under, I don't think under eating has ever really been a problem for me I think eating unhealthily has been a problem right, right, throughout right. my whole not living at home life yes yeah, yeah. um <laughs> Did you move out for uni? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then it was kind of like, and then you had a bit of money from your student loan. Yeah. And, like, and Mr. Kipling's were, you know, they're, they're not devoured. <laughs> Too many, a disproportionate amount of Mr. Kipling's were eaten by me. I think, I mean, I'm not to defend the stuff about the old dog new tricks from earlier, but if you weren't ever shown how to cook and then you move out, oh, yeah. what are you going to live yeah. off? It has yeah. to be takeaways so, and what's So, so, so embarrassingly, I'd go home, because I was only in Lancaster, which is right. half, which is 40 minutes from Blackburn. So I'd go home and my mum would pack me a week's worth of like curries or whatever. Oh! And then I'd put them in the fridge or the freezer and then I'd get pita bread. Yeah. And Brilliant. just warm them up. That's all right then. That's so it actually I, wasn't that bad. I'll tell you how ridiculously bad I was when I first got to uni. This is how ridiculous I am. It's, it's, it's embarrassing. <laughs> is that I didn't realise you had to defrost stuff. <gasps> so I would take stuff out of... So I would take stuff straight out of the freezer, put it in the microwave... And then be like, well, what's wrong with this? I warm and I warm stuff. It just works. Why isn't it working now? <laughs> and it's only later. I think someone else mentioned about defrosting. And I didn't and confess. Like, what does that word mean? And I didn't confess that. Did you oh, just I've been go, fucking it. I just went, I just went, that word up. I just went, I don't know, so what you're doing in oh, defrosting it because, you know, you got to let it um, thaw out before you can warm it up and stuff. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Obviously. I was just tasting you, and then that, and then that was a that was a game changer. I let my body frosting. But were you ever ill? You made yourself no, ill. No, but I, I had some very very bad meals yeah. from just pulling stuff straight from the freezer into the microwave oh, and just yes, going. I'm so, and I'm just, happy, and I'm just, just going, happy you're alive. And just going, why isn't this working? Yeah. And so we just froze them. Mm. So that, that was probably the reason that it didn't make me ill. I think it can still make you ill. I think you're really lucky. Really? <laughs> yeah. Especially if there was meat in it. Yeah. And rice. Oh, sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, so that happened. Um, do you know the first food you ever like ate when you were a baby? Other than milk. You know, I have a distinct memory of, and I still like it to this day. You know those baby foods you get? Yeah. In the pots. Egg and custard. So good. Oh, wow. I remember when, because I've got a few younger siblings. And when it was there, when they were, you know, weaning off the milk. That's basically each, like... what's in the middle of a custard tart, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, it's like those. Yeah, those, you know, you know what I mean. Don't you? The, yeah. the little pots with baby food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember when my um, my little siblings were growing up, and uh, mum would feed them from the pot and stuff, and I'd be like, "What? What is it? What is it?" And sometimes they'd be like, "What? What?" But when it was egg and custard, I was like, "Can I? Can I have some of that?" Ah, oh, love it. Is there any food you hate? Mostly, I eat anything that's halal generally. Yeah. Um, I'm not. I'm not big on greens. So like, that's part of the reason why it was hard for me to go to stay. Pescatarian slash go vegetarian was. I just don't like salads. Right. I don't. Do you know? I I really I don't, don't like them. them. I love salad, but I really don't like it in the winter. Yeah. When the sun comes out, there's things like sushi and salad that I start. Some primal part of me starts wanting. But in the cold months, there's something perverse about a cold green leaf. Like, I've, I've 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 occasionally had a nice salad. Mm-hmm. With something else. I was going to say that it was full of lush stuff other mm. than the salad. But but just to have a salad, yeah. even if you had like tuna in it or chicken or whatever. Do you like kale and spinach and greens like that? Cabbage? In As part of stuff. Right, fine. As part of stuff. So my mum um, clarifies 
vegetables and stuff. So mm-hmm. we get spinach and, and, and cauliflower and all those sorts of stuff. And yeah. that's fine. And my mum makes an amazing lentil uh, dal, <clears throat> uh, which is just so nice. I had one the other day in Liverpool. There's this place called Mowgli. It's like Indian tapas food, mm. fusion-y, but it's all... Mm. I had dal that had ginger and rhubarb in it. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. I know my mum puts ginger in it. Rhubarb is a new one. Well, give her a little heads up, because... <laughs> I don't know. Rhubarb's so easy to grow in this country I don't want to fuck with my recipe, though. No, fine. Oh, wow. You can't go wrong with a good dal. And the other thing with lentils is I think they give you a sort of slow-release protein that meat does. So it's really satisfying for a long time. Oh. I'm going to have one more glass of... Tuck in. You've made me really want to try your mum's cooking, even though I'm... But well, next time you play Black... Next time so you play Blackburn, or if when you play yeah. Blackburn, let me know. And if I'm around, you can come <gasps> over. Oh, I love that. So basically, it's like my my uh, uh, antidote to what would you have for your last meal? Because I just think that's a horrible, bleak situation <laughs> to be eating in. And then, yeah, how do you enjoy that? No, I don't think anyone does. Pack lots. Could you, could you imagine going? Could it. you imagine going? Oh yeah, what I really want is th- this thing, yeah. and then they bring it, and it's not quite right. Yeah, or it's not your mum's thing, or yeah. it's not the restaurant that you get it from regularly, and you're like. Yeah, I guess this is... The most eaten meal for last meals is apparently KFC. Huh. Because the other thing that no one... Do you know, Pasco is teaching me all about this. She's obsessed with this kind of stuff. But apparently it has to be within a certain financial remit and it has to be available within some distance of the prison. So it's not your really your last meal. Yeah, Yeah, it's like what's... Um, But also most people... I mean, do you... Anyway, I've, I've kind of talked too much about that. Oh, well, like, can can my mum cook something that I can have? Yeah. Okay. Wait. 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 So this is the question. It's just a much more positive version of that. So everyone gets their own question. So here's yours, Tez. Mm-hmm. A robot crow has landed and has weaponized poos, which it fires from its cloaca, and it's wiping out huge swathes of cats. The crow's innate enemy. And we need our cats, right? And they're going around... And dogs. I can see that you don't look fussed about cats. It's killing all the cats and dogs with its poo pellet. It's killing people as well. Okay, Okay, Tez is listening. Um, And you are the designated crow whisperer. You need to calm it down. But only you know, and in fact, I'm kind of revealing it for this podcast, that how you talk to a crow is by doing at least 150 push-ups. And then it will listen to you. So you talk the crow down. You're a hero. You've saved hundreds and hundreds of lives. And this crow's not... He hasn't even needed to be killed as part of it. And now the crow's basically happy to be your hench crow forever. But you're very tired from all the push-ups. But, like, everyone's like, Tess, you're a hero. And you're the most tired you've ever been. You're the hungriest you've ever been. But the most deserving of a feast that you have ever been. What are you going to have? Where and who with? Okay. For starters? Yes. I'm going to have tandoori lamb chops Whoa. from Tayeb's okay. in East London. Okay. Um, so just assuming everything is readily available and it's all oh. piping hot and fresh. Exactly. So lamb chops from um, Tayeb's. Mm. Um, samosas and sheik kebabs from Manchester Sweet Centre, which is a sweet centre in Blackburn, or those called Manchester Sweet Centre. Right. And they have this amazing chutney that goes with it that I have not tasted unlike anywhere else. And it's amazing. So that's my that's my mm. starter. Amazing. For my main, this might require a little bit of thinking. Okay, no problem. Take your time. <laughs> I love it. I love it how considered you're being about this. For my main, I'll have my mum's Pilau rice. With chickpeas in. Chickpeas and mince. <gasps> I've deserved this meal, remember? I've okay. deserved humanity. Oh, you deserve whatever yeah. you want. And the, the, the thought that you think I can do 150 push-ups is very, very flattering. Um, yeah, so that with, with my mum's writer and some curry sauce on. Yeah. That'd be phenomenal. And then for my dessert... Think we can have some cornflake tart. Yes, That'd be amazing. And for my drink, yeah, I'm actually gonna have yes non-alcoholic Copperberg pear cider. Oh, I've never tried. If there's it. one thing that might 
might even be better than Mango Rubicon. It's that. Is it? Non-alcoholic Copperberg Pear Cider. Boostery Perry it's called, isn't it? <sighs> pear Cider. It's like oh, drinking liquid wow. pear drops. Is it? I need to give that a whirl. Yeah. Oh, well, you've sold it. I want to try all of those things. And I'm going to... We'll wrap it up now so that I can um, look up when I'm next going to Blackburn. <laughs> and hopefully get to meet your mum. Um, thanks so much, Tess. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for the delicious meal. Thank you for the lost chips. Can I pluck some stuff? Yeah. Um, so I am going on tour. Yes. From the 27th of March until the 25th of May. Amazing. With my new show called Testify. Yeah, I say new. If you saw it at last year, 2017's Edinburgh Fringe Festival, it's basically that show. So if you want to come again, come again. But do be aware, it's that show. Um, and I've seen your posters around various brilliant you? venues. Oh, and you. You're doing Stan Newcastle. Yes, I am. Oh, so good. Oh, great, great, just great. Yeah, great bunch of lads and lasses. Um, so tezilias.com, T-E-Z-I-L-Y-A-S.com is where all of my dates are. Um, other than that, I've got bits and bobs all over the place. There's a TV show I was in called Man Like More Bean, which is on BBC iPlayer, which is really fun. Nice. And I recorded a radio show called Test Talks, which might still be an iPlayer, but it might not be. Yeah. But um, other than that, I'm also hanging around Blackburn if you want to follow me. Yay! In lovely news there, Tez has plugged the shit out of himself, hasn't he? I don't need to say anything. Pop along and see him on tour. I'm Jessica Fosterkue and I'm touring too. My show's called The Silence of the Nans and it's all over the place until mid-May. Details are on my Twitter, at Jessica Fosterkue. Give the podcast nice reviews and more importantly, share the hell out of it if you will. Follow us on all social media, it's at The Hoovering Pod. If you've got questions, please email through my website, jessicafosterkue.com. Music by the wonderful Mike Greenway. Until next time, happy hoovering. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.